Our scripture for this morning is Luke 1, 26 through 28, and Matthew 1, 18 through 25. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph in the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Great job. That was a lot of scripture. I don't know who picked that out, but I should be bad at them. Well, today we're going to continue our series titled The Unexpected. And I, and I love this series, and I think the theme of this series fits perfectly with Christmas for a lot of different reasons. Uh, the first reason actually inspires a little, a little bit of confession out of me, okay? Can I, can I be honest with y'all for a moment? I know all the things I'm getting for Christmas. Can I just tell you that? I'm not, I'm not gonna go into all the details of how I found out or you know what, what, how that information became known to me, but I know all the things that I'm getting for Christmas. But can I also confess another thing? In our family, we have this rule. It's kind of a silly rule in my opinion. Even if you know what you're getting for Christmas, it still gets wrapped and put under the tree and you can't have it or do anything fun with it until Christmas day. You know what I'm saying? That's the worst, who came up with that rule? I went into all the work and effort I mean, I accidentally found out what I got for Christmas. I should immediately get to take that out and play with it. Take, am I right? I mean, what's the point of finding out? See, that's what I love about Christmas. Christmas reveals that for many of us, we don't do unexpected very well. For many of us, we don't like not knowing. We don't like not having control. And I'm one of those people, so I do all sorts of mischievous things to try to find out what I got for Christmas. And then when, once I find out, I don't like to wait to take it out and use it and have it and, and have fun with it. Christmas reveals that we have some work to do. We don't like waiting and we don't like the unexpected. And, that's, and so that's why I love this theme and that we're walking through this series, the unexpected, this holiday season. Because there is this element of unexpected and mystery that comes with Christmas gifts, right? What we should be doing, what I should be doing is embracing the mystery and the excitement 
of the unknown. Instead of scrolling through my wife's Amazon account, trying to see if there's anything in there that might be mine. I would never do that. I'm just, just as an example. But you see, there's this same sense of mystery and unexpected with the story of the Messiah. This child being born to a virgin and somehow that Messiah being that, that child being the, the savior of the world. There's a mystery. There's some unexpected and some unknown that comes with that. This, this season that we're in, and I hope you know this, we're not in the season of Christmas. We're in the season of Advent. We're anticipating Christmas. We're waiting for and hoping for and, and looking towards that beautiful day that we get to, to open up the gift that we've been given from our loving father the gift of a, of a savior, Emmanuel, God with us. Also for many of us here, this year that we've lived in has revealed that we have some work to do. This year has illustrated and, and opened many of our eyes to the fact that we don't like the unexpected. We don't do change very well. We've walked through a, a, a pandemic that has caused all sorts of unexpected changes in our lives, inconveniences. And it has revealed that we have some work to do. We have some growing to do when it comes to embracing the unexpected and walking through seasons of change, which actually makes Advent much more meaningful. I know for me, it has made it much more meaningful, and I hope it makes it much more meaningful for you that, that you would invest yourself in the season of anticipation. You would invest the, the, the attention of you and your family in anticipating this great gift and celebrating that great gift on December 25th. That you would anticipate this holy, powerful, life-changing gift that is Christ Jesus. And that you would anticipate because of that great gift, we have hope. Despite pandemics, despite inconveniences, despite changes, we have hope and we have reason to celebrate. We wait for that long expected Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, our Holy Savior. And that because of Jesus, because he chose to enter into this messiness that we call life, we have hope. We have hope both now and for the future. We also have peace available to us because of Jesus. This peace that only Jesus can give to us and this peace that surpasses all understanding as the Bible says. But also we don't have to suffer with a frown on our face. Because of Jesus, we have access to joy and joy that is unspeakable. Joy that, that should warm our hearts and that should empower us to walk through whatever unexpected situations or circumstances come our way. What does the Bible say again? The joy of the Lord is our strength. I think that's worth remembering. So see, the question for us today is not, what is the unexpected thing that we should expect? That's backwards. That's what I would do. 
Okay, what is the gift that I'm gonna be given? The question that we need to be asking ourselves is are we expecting the unexpected? Are we willing to trust God enough that we could wait to receive the holy surprise that he has for us in Jesus? Are we willing to expect the unexpected from a loving father? Because, you know, as we, as we get into our, our scripture for today, I think Mary and Joseph definitely had the unexpected announced to them. The angel's announcement of the birth of Jesus uh, and that he was coming and that he was going to be here with us. If you'll notice, it didn't come to the man first. The angel doesn't, in, in, Luke's, in Luke's gospel, the, the angel doesn't visit the man first, like, like it's told in Matthew. In Luke's gospel, the angel visits Mary first. Mary is betrothed to Joseph. And that's not a word that we use very often, betrothed, but that word betrothed, it's actually a legal binding commitment between a man and a woman through an arranged marriage. So in this culture, in the first century, Mary and Joseph would have been considered married despite the fact that they were living separately for typically about a year and they had not consummated that marriage. They would have been considered married. In fact, during this season of betrothal, if, if Mary or Joseph decided that, that they didn't want to be married to that other person anymore, they would have to get a legal divorce in this culture. So they were betrothed. They were living separately, had not consummated the marriage, but they were considered married in this culture. And so given that, I just want to ask you, could you imagine, could you imagine being Mary? Can you imagine being Mary and one day an angel appears to you and tells you that you are going to have a baby? And oh, by the way, I know you're not married and I know that you're a virgin, but God's got it taken care of, okay? The Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you and that's how you're gonna uh, conceive this baby. Could you imagine that being told to you? Is there a woman here who would be prepared to receive an unexpected announcement like that? Is there even any person here who would even be willing to believe that if you were told that was gonna happen. The news is unbelievable and unexpected. And I, and I wonder how surprised Mary uh, would have been when she heard these words, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Wow. I mean, talk about unexpected. Here you are, this, this young teenager in this backwood town called Nazareth, small, kind of un, insignificant to the, to, the, to the world, and an angel visits you. It doesn't just visit you. Normally, an angel, when an angel's visiting, usually it's bad news. But in this case, the angel says, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, what I find especially powerful about that statement is, is when, you, when you look up the original Greek word uh, for that favored one statement, it actually literally would be translated as found grace with God. Greetings, Mary. You have found grace with God. Or it could have been uh, worded, you have been graced with God. 
You have found grace with God or you have been graced with God. And then we read in John's gospel, when, when John was describing Jesus, he said that, that Jesus came in the fullness of grace and truth. In other words, Mary is being told that, Mary, you are going to be filled with grace and truth. And this grace and, grace and truth is going to be the Savior of the world. And you're going to name him Jesus. I have to wonder, Mary, knowing who she was and knowing the culture that she was in, if when she heard all this, was she filled with joy? Was she filled with fear? Or maybe some combination of, of both of those two at the announcement of her pregnancy. I'm also intrigued with, with the details that are given uh, in these verses in Luke. It says that God is exact it doesn't say that, I'm saying that. God is exact and precise. He pays attention to details. It is for such a time as this. This is a very strategic moment. At the very right time, God sends a messenger to an exact place called Nazareth and says, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Man, what a beautiful greeting. Now, not only... Does God know Mary's name? He speaks favor over her. I mean, could you imagine? Here you are again, just going about your daily life and all of a sudden a messenger from God, an angel greets you and tells you these unexpected and unimaginable things that will quite literally turn your life upside down. How would we respond? to something so inconvenient and unexpected. Let's look at the rest of the encounter between Gabriel and Mary. This is in, in chapter one of Luke's gospel. It says, but she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. I bet she was perplexed. <laughs> the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Let me just stop for a moment on that. I, I think there's some insight for us on that. The angel knew that Mary would be afraid because he had told her something that was unexpected and unimaginable. Can I tell you, he probably says the same thing to you. The Lord knows that when you find out something unexpected or something's gonna change your life or turn things upside down, he knows that our natural instinct is to be afraid. But his natural response is to say, do not be afraid. We need to remember that. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now, your res and now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son. And this is her sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And then get this. Mary said, here am I the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel of the Lord departed from her. This passage is full 
to the brim with the unexpected. But with God, we should be expecting the unexpected. And I just want to, again, I want to elaborate on the situation that Mary unexpectedly and unbeknownst to her had just walked into. As a, as a Jewish girl in the first century, Mary would have known immediately what punishment she was at risk of encountering because of her supposed indiscretion. In this culture, at this biblical time, she could have been legally executed, legally stoned to death because of this supposed indiscretion. And this would have been a possibility that would have loomed even larger in the, in the town that she existed in. Nazareth was a small town. Anybody from a small town? I'm from a small town. Don't tell anybody. I'm from a small town. So just imagine what would have happened. Already, she was at risk of being executed purely because of the indiscretion of being a betrothed woman who was pregnant. But it would have been even worse in this small town culture if, a, if the rumor mill would have started up and people would have started whispering to one another, oh, she got pregnant from a Roman soldier. That's how that happened. And she didn't want to tell anybody. It would have been so much more worse if that rumor would have started and it wasn't just that her Jewish boyfriend got her pregnant outside of wedlock. Those were the, the, that was the existence that Mary was going to have to walk through. This is not a story that's fit for a Hallmark movie. This is not a greeting card story. Things looked bad for Mary. Again, she was in a small town and she was willing to embrace being labeled a black sheep with an illegitimate child. Now the good news that, angel, that the angel brings to Mary could be received with joy. She could receive that with joy and, and be thankful because a royal birth has just been announced. Not just a royal birth, but a, a royal birth in the line of King David. A savior for the world. Those, those are joyous announcements that would, would be and could be embraced. But on the other side of that announcement, that this, this good news has the potential to be received with fear and dread. Because this good news could very quickly turn into a royal scandal. And Mary had to choose. Is she going to embrace this unexpected, inconvenient announcement with fear and dread or with joy and faith? And I wonder, I wonder what went through Mary's mind. I wonder what she began to question and ask as she was hearing this from the angel. Uh, I wonder if she asked, what is Joseph, what is Joseph going to think about this unexpected news? What are my parents going to think? Is my family going to kick me out of the house? What's going to happen? How's it going to happen? I, I imagine all of those are things that Mary was asking herself. Am I going to survive? Will my parents allow me to be executed? I think the question that we should be asking ourselves is how are we responding to the unexpected right now in our lives? Are we responding with fear and dread and, and negativity? Like, ah, I knew that was gonna happen. I knew it. Bad things always happen to me. 
Are we responding to unexpected with faith and hope that with God, you can expect the unexpected and anything is possible with God? See, Mary responded to her unexpected news with faith because Mary said, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Whatever you just said, let it be unto me. Let, Let it be done according to your word. According to your word, these unexpected, inconvenient, life-threatening announcement, let it be done unto me. See, I think sometimes we're afraid to be still and listen to God's word because it just might be unexpected. We'd rather continue on the path that we're on because we, at least we know what's gonna happen or we know what to expect instead of stopping and waiting and listening for what unexpected word what unexpected announcement the Lord might have for us. Because again, we don't like to wait. We don't like to not be in control. We want to know what's in those presents under the tree. So when we're challenged with the message of God, do we expect the unexpected? Do we trust God to lead us when we don't have control and we don't know where we're going? When the Holy Spirit brings conviction or enlightenment to our hearts, what choice do we make? Fear or faith? Now, Joseph, Joseph had an encounter as well that was unexpected. I love how God pays attention to the details of our lives. He already knows uh, what's running through Joseph and Mary's minds. God sends a messenger to Joseph in a dream. And I want us to listen again to what the angel said to Joseph about this birth announcement. Now, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they had lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and and he shall be named Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. I mean, can you imagine the heartache that Joseph went through? Here's this woman, Mary, that he loves and he's been anticipating marrying and and spending his life with. And then he finds out unexpectedly that Mary is somehow pregnant. But then he still loves her because rather than exposing her to public ridicule and shame, he decides to divorce her quietly. But then even after that, he's faithful enough to take on the risky decision to be obedient to what the angel told him and take Mary to be his wife. The amount of faith and love that Joseph Joseph expressed in that moment is powerful because he was the one who was also shamed. In this shame culture, 
His betrothed bride coming up pregnant unexpectedly would have expressed shame on her and her family and shame on his and his family. But he had a choice. If he exposed her to public shame, that would restore his family's name. Because it was her and her family. It was how she was raised. He could have restored his name and cleansed himself of all shame by exposing Mary and letting her be exposed to public ridicule. But first he decided to quietly divorce her. And then after receiving this dream from the angel, decides to be faithful and embrace the shame with her. What a man. What a man. See, here's what's, what's amazing about this story that I think in, in, the, in the beauty, and the beauty's good. There's beauty in Christmas and there should be beauty. But what gets missed in all the beauty is the scandal. The scandal of a unwed or, unbetro- or a betrothed woman coming up pregnant in this culture. And this man and this woman being willing to say yes. We will embrace the unexpected. We will, we will say yes and endure the shame and the scandal of being faithful to what God said he wants to do. Even though it's not what I prefer or what's convenient for me. I'll endure scandal, being labeled a black sheep, being labeled an adulterer, being labeled a foolish man in order to be faithful to what God said he wants to do and what he wants to accomplish. We see this happen a lot with God, this choice. And we also see uh, this happening a lot uh, in unexpected ways. Uh, We see God working through this betrothed virgin, but I wanna remind you about the other women that were listed in Matthew's long genealogy of Jesus. I want to remind you uh, the, the, the kind of things, the scandals that are filled in Jesus's genealogy. There's, I want to remind you about Tamar. Remember Tamar? Tamar is the one who pretended to be a prostitute and ended up getting pregnant by her father-in-law. And then uh, you've got Rahab, who was a prostitute. She's in the genealogy. Along with that, you have the widowed Ruth in the genealogy. Uh, She was noted as sleeping at the feet of Boaz, who was passed out drunk on his mat. And then you also have Bathsheba, who was involved in an affair with King David. And you thought there was issues in your family tree. All of those are listed purposely and with significant meaning in the genealogy of Jesus. Because where we see shame stories, God sees salvation stories. God has this unique ability. Worship team, you guys can go ahead and come on back up. God, because he is love, has the unique ability to take shame and transform it into salvation. But, What many times trips us up in that process is fear and the unexpected. 
Many times we have, we have shame and what comes with shame is fear. I don't know how God's gonna react. Is God gonna get mad? Is he gonna strike with lightning? Is the church building gonna fall down if I go into the sanctuary? We've heard all of those things. That is fear. And what did God say to Mary and Joseph through the angel? Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. And then he said, then he gave them his declaration. He told them this unexpected thing that he was gonna do. And they trusted him. And, and because they trusted him, he took a story that would, been, would have been filled with shame and transformed it into salvation. Now, I told you at the beginning of our conversation that uh, Christmas reveals sometimes that we have work to do. And sometimes the season of Christmas stirs up shame. Things that we should have done this year that we didn't. Things that we did this year that we shouldn't have. Sometimes even we receive gifts and with that gift comes shame. Oh, I don't deserve this. That's too much. So I want to ask you today, do you have shame that Jesus needs to transform into salvation? Are you willing to reject fear and embrace faith? Are you willing to reject fear and trust Jesus to walk you through something unexpected so you might receive salvation from this shame that's haunting you? Wouldn't that be something to celebrate this Christmas? I just wanna encourage you in this, in this closing song to take that opportunity. To take that opportunity to ask Jesus wherever you're at to, to give you the strength to reject fear and em embrace the unexpected and trust him to walk you through it. Because with Jesus, we can expect the unexpected. Let's pray. Jesus, help us. We like to be in control and we like to know what's happening. And many times that keeps us in shame and prevents us from experiencing salvation. I pray today that you would, you would empower us with courage to walk the path of unexpected that leads to the salvation that you offer. Many of us have received salvation and forgiveness for our sins, but we haven't allowed ourselves to be set free from the shame. And we need to do that. Help us to do that, Jesus. Pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.